0: Well, it's out there now, all the Christmas music we've heard year after year after year after year. Have yourself a merry little Christmas and endless songs about old fashioned Christmases. But I doubt that you have heard about the Old Testament Christmas. I hadn't. But there is such a thing as an Old Testament Christmas. Christians have been observing it for years thousands of years, actually, as a part of our Advent services. So it's really nothing new. So tonight and in the next couple of weeks, when we meet again, we will focus on the Old Testament Christmas, its links to the New Testament Christmas. Tonight, we look at a familiar object that connects the Christmas event from the Old Testament to the New. As I said earlier before the service, that object is the burning bush A burning bush, you say. What does a burning bush have to do with Christmas? Well, it is not an ordinary burning bush, for one thing. This is the burning bush that Moses encountered while he was herding sheep for his father-in-law at Mount Horeb, as we heard the lector read a few moments ago. Mount Horeb, also known as the Mountain of God. Let's recall quickly what we know about Moses from what we've heard tonight and how he ended up on Mount Oreb herding sheep and facing a burning bush. When he was born and raised in his youth, he was raised as a Prince of Egypt, but he embraced his Hebrew ancestry. Defending a Hebrew slave who was being assaulted by the Egyptian, he killed that Egyptian and had to flee for his own life. So Moses escaped from Egypt into Midian and there he met up with the daughters of Jethro, who was a priest. After doing some work for his daughters and their sheep at a public well, the daughters took him home to meet their father, Jethro, who hired Moses to be his shepherd, and then gave Zipporah as a wife to Moses. So in very broad strokes, that is how Moses ended up on Mount Horeb tending sheep. He married the boss's daughter and took over all of the sheep. Now Moses was 40 years old when he escaped to Egypt, and he was 80 years old when he began leading the Israelites. The scriptures say that Moses was tending his sheep at Mount Horeb when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame, a flame of fire out of the middle of the bush. And the bush was burning, but not consumed by fire. I suppose we can picture that in our mind a little bit. Now the Lord was in the fire, and he called to Moses, 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 and Moses answered. And I'm not too sure he had a lot of confidence answering. He was not not known for his courage at this point in his life. But he answered, here I am. And now from the text I read earlier, notice that the angel of the Lord, now identifies himself as God. So God tells Moses not to come close. God tells Moses to take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That covers the entire ancestry of Moses and all the other Hebrews who are still in Egypt. The scriptures say that Moses was afraid of God Afraid to look at the face of God and had no place to hide. So he hid his face. Well, let's stop right here for a moment and connect with the New Testament. First of all, about the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is just like that burning bush. It's no ordinary angel. The angel of the Lord is, in fact, Jesus Christ before his incarnation as a human being. He names himself as God, and not just God, but the God of Moses' ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of all the the people who benefited from the interventions of God in Genesis and thus far into Exodus. The angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham, also promised him that his descendants would outnumber the stars in the heavens, but Abraham never saw that with his own eyes. But this is the angel of the Lord to whom Isaac was submissive as a sacrifice at his father Abraham's hand, but was redeemed by God by a lamb that was slaughtered instead. This is the God with whom Jacob wrestled all through the night until the angel of the Lord gave him a new name, Israel, and promised to deliver his family out of Egypt from bondage. And Jacob wasn't even close to Egypt at this point. This is the angel of the Lord, who in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh and lived among us. And the apostles beheld his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Moses saw him in a flame of fire, him who would become the light of the world in the midst of a burning bush, which would become a cross on which he would die to pay for our sin. Now, Moses, when he saw God, he really was in the middle of nowhere. The text would indicate that he was somewhere on the western edge of the wilderness in which his sheep had been grazing, and right next to Mount Horeb. That's how the scriptures describe it. But I would describe this location differently. I would say it sounds more like he was between a rock and a hard place. And you know that place. You've been there and I've been there. We've all been there more than once. It's a tough place to be. But it's on that rock that God came to Moses and promised him freedom. Not only for him and his family, but freedom for all of God's people. And Jesus fulfilled that promise, becoming human. Setting us free from the slavery of our sin. Leading us into freedom and into eternal life now you would think that Moses could have a little bit of forward thinking here here is an angel of the Lord who is the triune God speaking to him from a burning bush authenticating himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob making these promises to deliver Moses who has actually benefited from God's deliverance getting him out of Egypt into Jethro's employment and family even though it was in the middle of nowhere. But Moses, instead of looking forward to this opportunity, puts up reasons not to follow God's plan. I picked up three good ones because I think they're ones we use when God offers us an opportunity to extend his kingdom and set people free from their sin. The first first argument that goes up is, who's gonna believe me? Look at me, who's gonna believe me? I'm nobody special, I don't have great knowledge or authority, who's gonna believe me? Number two, Pharaoh won't let anyone go, who's kidding us? Pharaoh's not just gonna open the door and say, okay, goodbye, it's been nice having you around. And third, which is really the best one of the three, I'm not good at public speaking. But you know, God answers all of those objections with three words. He says, just tell them I am sent me. That's all they need to hear. That's all they need to know. Tell them I am has come. Where do we find ourselves this Advent season? Are we between a rock and a hard place? I happen to think that the rock is a good place to be. It's a safe place to be. It's a place where Jesus is. Throughout the Old Testament Psalms, Jesus is often referred to as the rock of our salvation. He is the rock of ages. He is a rock of spiritual truth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that Jesus is the rock. But where do we see God? If we're on the hard place, where are we going to see him like Moses did? Well, actually we see more of Jesus than Moses ever did. We see him in his word where the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of our hearts to understand the scriptures and see Christ more clearly. We see him in the sacraments where we receive his body and blood to physically empower us, forgive us and lead us through the difficulties in which we find ourselves. He is still, I am, the Alpha and Omega. He is still the beginning and the end. And he is still everlasting to everlasting. But we know what God said to Moses in his deliberations. But what does God say to us in our deliberations with God? Well, the words that come to mind most frequently to me are, Come to me, all you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my burden upon yourself and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And when we hear those words, what do we say in return? Maybe this lyric, which is a musical adaption of Psalm 61. Then hear my prayer, O Lord, from the ends of the earth I call to you. Your peace will lead me to a rock that is higher than I. For you have been my help in time of trouble, a tower of strength to my enemies. And I will dwell with you forever. In the shadow of your wings. Whatever it is you're discussing with God tonight. And through this Advent season. I just leave it to you. And the blessing it will bring to you. In Jesus name. Amen.